0: I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty Got royalty inside my DNA piece got war and piece inside my DNA I got power poison pain and joy inside my DNA I got hustle though ambition flow inside my DNA I was born like this this born like this immaculate conception not transform like this perform like this was you one new weapon I don't contemplate i meditate then off your off your pet this that puts the kiss to bed this that I got I got I got I got, I got realness I just pushed cut this in my DNA I
1: got and DNA, welcome like to I another edition edition of the deliberation sports podcast i am your host joshua Midget. we definitely appreciate you for tuning in today tonight whatever time it is when you're listening to this we just appreciate y'all for tuning in to the show got a special edition for y'all today we are going to talk with sec network espn sec network analysts, and former tennessee vaughn um Dame bradshaw uh joined us on this edition man to talk all things college basketball, everything from the Duke Blue Devils, Zion Williamson, Andre Barrett, Cam Reddish, the Big Three they got going on there, to the Kentucky Wildcats, the SEC in college basketball, is it uh, the new powerhouse in college basketball as far as conferences are concerned? To talk about that, uh, we also previewed the big matchup, uh, LSU taking on the Memphis Tigers in Baton Rouge. It uh, was a big matchup uh, nationwide as well. So definitely stay tuned for all of that coming up on the other side here. But first, Justice Golden, right there with me. Uh, let the people know how they can follow the show on social media.
0: Well, they can follow the show on Twitter at Deliberation SP1, also on Instagram at Deliberation Sports, and finally on Facebook at Deliberation Sports Podcast.
1: All right, man. So y'all stay tuned. Got the interview with Dane Bradshaw, SEC Network analyst, talking about the uh, all things college basketball. And uh, so stay tuned. This is Josh Magic. Got my man, Justice Bolden here at Right now, joining us on the Deliberation Sports Podcast special interview, uh, we got SEC network analysts and a uh, former Tennessee Vaughn, uh, as well as a uh, White Station alum as well, uh, Mr. Dane Bradshaw joining us. Sir, uh, we definitely appreciate you joining us here on the Deliberation Sports Podcast.
2: Always glad to come on, man. Whenever Justice sends me the text, I know
0: i got to respond. <laughs> he knows how to find me, so I can't hide from him. Yeah, Dane, you Dane, you've had the same number, man, for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell people that. I might have some ghosts from the past try to track me down,
1: man. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. And, uh, Justice, you can kick it off, man, and uh, we'll get going. So, first off, Dane, just talk to us a little bit
0: about uh, your time with the SEC Network. Uh, you're in your fourth season. How does it feel to be doing uh, SEC basketball, and did you ever think you'd be in this place?
2: Man, it's been it's been great. The the whole SEC network's been phenomenal. I mean, it was, I mean, I, I can remember, you know, yeah, you know, I was fortunate enough to play at Tennessee, so my parents got to see most of the games on TV, or they would travel. But I mean, I remember them following my siblings that played ahead of me, maybe at not as high of a school, and they were having to follow the play by play online and all that nowadays with streaming and and all that. But the SEC network has just been a a top tier production, where it's such a great recruiting tool for the families and the athletes to be able to tune in whenever they want. And, you know, obviously football carries the conference on the SEC network, and that's been phenomenal. But what's been neat is when I you see basketball was at its lowest point in years. And so all we had to do to talk – all we had to talk about was Kentucky and just kind of almost apologize for all the other teams. And to see how it's been rebuilt over the years with the coaches, the facilities, and the recruits, Um now you're seeing the SEC that people – uh, new could become this competitive and be one of the top conferences. if not the top conference in the country.
0: Now, speaking of the SEC uh, and its strength right now, we've got five teams in the top 25, including Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Mississippi state, and LSU. W- can you talk a bit about those five ranked teams and, and where you see them headed? Yeah, I think they've all looked the part except Kentucky, which, uh, and that's, that's more of
2: a credit to the SEC as, a, as, and not as much a knock on Kentucky, even though they got whooped by a Duke. But, you know, it used to be that Kentucky was always going to have the best player on the court when they hit conference play. But you look at Auburn right now, I mean, they're, they're blowing people out. They've got the style of play that Bruce Pearl loves to have, the type of players he loves to have. And when you look at position by position at Auburn against a Kentucky, I'm a position for Kentucky or a player at that position I would take over what Auburn has. And you could look at that across the board. Tennessee's got some of those players. And it used to be such a landslide for Kentucky. And they've become the standard that everybody's been trying to get up to to compete for an SEC title. But, you know, Auburn's looking the part. They don't look to have any type of hangover from their success from the year before. Tennessee has come out looking the same exact way, just a new and improved and even better version of themselves. And and then, um, you know, LSU, which uh, we'll talk more about. But, man, they – they have built it through some recruits. They got Tremont Waters, one of the top point guards in the entire country back for his sophomore year. And then they've added the number three recruiting class in the country. That is not disappointing at all. So um, it's just, uh, it's entertaining. You know, they've got, it it hadn't always, it's not just about talent. It's what they're doing with the talent. I think the, the coaching is as good as in this conference as you can find anywhere in the country.
1: Definitely. And talking about one of those coaches is Josh here, man. And, Talk about one of those coaches you brought up about uh, Auburn and Bruce Pearl. You know, with his this being his second stint, you know, in the SEC now with Auburn, seemed like he's doing another job of re of bringing back a, uh, a program. You know, coming in ninth ranked in the country. Talk about what Bruce Pearl has done, despite a lot of the criticisms, and you know, people still don't really like, uh, depend on who you ask, don't like Bruce Pearl and some of his tactics or may or may not have happened but what do you think about the job he's done at Auburn?
2: yeah i, I think uh it, he's done what everybody expected him to do even though auburn is one of the toughest basketball jobs in the entire yeah. country and not the most coveted one but it was kind of the first big job that became open mm-hmm. and he took it and he uh he's endeared himself to the fan base he's worked his tail off in the community those people have his backs he's recruited like crazy and he's implemented his system. And, yeah, I mean, and then here we are. Now the Auburn Arena all of a sudden is one of the toughest places to play in the conference. Um, and he's – I will tell you, after the first couple of years, we were watching his team's play, and you were like, oh, I don't know if that pressing style is going to work again. The plays aren't working anymore. And you started to wonder if he was going to be able to rebuild it. But then as the talent got in there and the more players that fit his system – I mean, he's got a young guard in Jared Harper that can pull up from anywhere. Kid Bryce Brown that isn't as good as a Chris Lofton, but that type of player, just kind of an undersized, scrappy guard that's going to press you. And um, and now they've got a little bit of size with the kid Austin Wiley, and, who's coming off an injury, and then Daniel Purifoy, who's still having to serve a, a suspension from last year's um, investigation. But, uh, I mean, th- these guys, they, they looked the part, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won the SEC.
1: Definitely, definitely, man. And, you know, looking at um, a team like Kentucky, you know, like we talked about with them uh, coming in and, you know, kind of having a tough start, you know, it's, it's tough when you face the most hyped and loaded team in the country uh, with Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and guys like that. Do you think um, this is kind of a bit of a shell shock for, for Coach Calipari and, and Kentucky, and how do you feel they can, they can bounce back from that with a more competitive SEC that they're facing now? And, you know, you got other teams that are kind of doing what Coach Cal's been doing, and he doesn't have as big of an advantage as he usually does.
2: Yeah, and I think it's even harder to swallow right now for Kentucky fans because the team looks so promising Mm -hmm. in their exhibition games this summer in the Bahamas. And uh, maybe they got a little bit too full of themselves and got humbled, of course. But, you know, the concern right now, too, I mean, the most coveted spot on that roster is the point guard spot under Calipari's system. And right now they're not sure of themselves at point guard. And But this isn't really new. I mean, this time last year, Shea Gilders Alexander wasn't the Shea Gilders Alexander we know now. I mean, he was a backup to Quade Green. And Coach Calipari was the guy having to call the plays, direct traffic, all these things on the sidelines, as opposed to a point guard taking over that role and ownership of the team. So they're they're in that situation right now to where they got to, you know Emmanuel quickly and Ashton Hagens, they got to figure out who's going to run the team um, but you know aside from that you know it's also in their defense they, I mean they're just getting blown by um, they're not guarding very well and so they, they've got a lot to to look at but let's not forget Calipari's teams always get better towards the end of the season I think what what makes it tough for Kentucky fans at times is when you have so many one and done type players, mm-hmm. is that you kind of judge it too quickly. You look at the beginning of the season, you're like, "All right, this is a year. Yeah, they're capable of winning a championship," or you roll them out right away. <laughs> and, and so, um, but you know they're going to still tune in, of course, and pack the house. And uh, the SEC is going to be good for them. I mean, it's going to prepare them for the NCAA tournament better than it has in years past.
0: Now, Dane, uh, speaking of one-and-dones entering the SEC, earlier you mentioned uh, LSU and Tremont Waters, who's who's one of the better guards in the country. But LSU also brings in a top-five class led by 6'10", 250-pound big man, Nas Reed. In his last game against UNC Greensboro, I think he finished with like 29 points and and four of six from the three-point line. Talk a bit about LSU. I know you're down there right now. Uh, they've got that matchup coming up with Memphis. What do you see with this LSU team?
2: Uh, Nas Reed is the real deal, man. I mean, the, the only thing that I've I've yet to see is how he handles uh, frustration and when he's not playing well. Because he's played so well in his first two games. He's making threes. He's getting the dunks. I mean, and so he's diving on the floor. But can he keep having that motor when things don't go his way? Um, but right now, he's looking the part. And it was interesting, I learned today – you know, because he's got some guard skills. So he'll spread the court at 6'10", and he'll open the court up because you got to respect him from three. And then when you go to close out, he'll put the ball on the deck and go find the open shooter like a point guard would, and then he'll go crash the glass and beat you up inside. I mean, he, he literally can impact the game from every position. And But what I learned was... He was he was a guard growing up. He always played a year up. He was one of the shorter guys. He was only like five nine going into seventh grade, and then over two summers, he gained or he uh, grew ten inches. And <laughs> next thing you know, he's a big man. And but you know, with if it wasn't for you know that lack of size early on, he might have never you know honed in on those guard skills that he has that he's utilizing as a big man. So um, I, I'm not saying he's Zion Williamson, but I've been telling people he. he you know, you gravitate to him, and you can't take your eyes off him when he's on the court. Like a Zion Williams. and he's just such a huge, imposing figure, and doing things on the court that a guy his size shouldn't
0: be able to do. Now, who does LSU? Uh, when you look at that roster, who else jumps out at you? I know they they added uh, Javante Smart, another big time guard out of Texas, and also Emmett Williams out of Florida. Uh, but are there any other some any other guys on that roster that jump out at you?
2: Yeah, first those two. I mean, e- Emmett Williams. He's got the motor. I mean, he's he's not in the right place all the time. He'll get lost on defense, but he makes up for an effort. He's their vocal guy. And then Javante Smart is extremely steady as well. And so what it does is they've got, you know, Javante Smart, who's a point guard, Tremont Waters, who's a point guard, the primary ball handler, and then Skylar Mays, who played point guard formed some last year. So they start a three-point guard lineup similar to Memphis where Jeremiah Martin played some of it last year, but now they've got Harris and Lomax in the backcourt. So that's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, I've never been a part of a game where, you know, both teams were touting a three-point guard lineup. You know, you got six capable ball handlers out there on the court, which should make for some fun action.
0: Now, speaking of uh, Memphis, uh, Penny Hardaway. It's his first big game on the road, his first season as Memphis coach after – Coaching East High School for the past three years, three state titles, and then two at uh, Lester Middle School. What do you see his impact at the University of Memphis uh, with the Tigers, and also for this upcoming game against LSU?
2: Yeah, I, I think you know one thing we learned today that there's going to be uh, as much media here as there since 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 Kentucky came to LSU. I mean, Memphis has commercial appeal coming. The Daily Memphian, they got the press row is going to be packed. And the story is, of course, Penny Hardaway and his first national TV debut on the road against a ranked team. Mm-hmm. And um I think, you know, because he handles that part so well, I think it could be good for some of his young players to where some of the pressure is a little bit off of them and the focus is on Penny, and it can let them sort of grow up a little bit. But um they're going to be tested. And the the part that I am anxious to see is, We know Penny Hardaway's system wants to run and gun. They want to force turnovers, let their defense lead to offense. But what happens when you play against a team like LSU that has those great guards that can take care of the basketball? You won't be able to force the turnovers you want to. You can't control the tempo because the other team has Tremont Waters, a top guard in the country. So can you play a half-court game when you need to? Can you score in the half-court? And can you get stops in the half-court? Uh, in the traditional format.
0: Uh, and that'll be interesting to see if, if the t- uh, Memphis Tigers are able to, to go toe-to-toe with the LSU Tigers, who we know are loaded. Uh, it could We couldn't be talking to SEC if we didn't mention your Tennessee balls. We know they've got potential games coming up down the road with teams like Memphis, but also that, that vaunted SEC schedule. What about Tennessee and Rick Barnes uh, stands out to you now that they're coming back with the expectations after winning the SEC championship last year?
2: Mm-hmm. The the leadership and chemistry is just second to none. I mean, Grant Williams, um, he's the heart and soul of that team. But then you've got Admiral Schofield, oh, yeah. who's a vocal guy who's not afraid to step up. If Grant Williams isn't playing as well, um, they, they have taken on the identity of Rick Barnes, which is in a lot of ways, you know, take our business seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. They joke with each other. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's the closest knit team I've ever seen at Tennessee and they're extremely talented to me. The uh, biggest question mark will be the um, improved play of Jordan bone at point guard. That's always been, you know, they've kind of been a a revolving door at the point guard spot. So if he can embrace that role now in year three and become the point guard, everybody thinks he can, I think that's going to be the difference maker between them being a sweet 16 team and a legit final four contender.
1: Definitely. And I'm going to tell you, man, Just listen to the name Admiral Schofield. I mean, what gets more menacing than a name like that? (laughs) I know. He's put together some good hype videos at Tennessee, too. He's a star in the making, man. He's good. Definitely, definitely, man. And um, I'll just ask you about, you know, and I know this is down the line, you know, but you talk about Tennessee-Memphis. How are you feeling about that coming back, uh, that matchup? And, um, you know, uh, with us, I guess the extra early thoughts looking at that matchup now. Uh, how do you feel about
2: it? Uh, yeah, Tennessee's got to be favored in it just because, yeah. I mean, Rick Barnes has had more time to build his program, get his players in. They've mm-hmm. got more veterans. Um, you know, who knows how well Memphis could be playing by then as, sure. as it you know, the, the freshmen get some more games under their belt. Uh, you know, it, it could be one of those games, though, where, you know, you could see who has the better guards. And Jordan Bone that I mentioned before – if he and Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden, those guys that can have been inconsistent in the past in the backcourt, all of a sudden, if it's Memphis's backcourt starring in the game versus Tennessee's front court and Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, all of a sudden that becomes the battle and Memphis, you know, could potentially come out on top uh, with Harris getting hot and low max and others, but uh, a little bit too early to, 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 to evaluate it. But, uh, What's exciting, though, more than anything, is that we're able to even talk about it. So kudos to Tubby Smith and Rick Barnes getting it back on schedule.
1: Absolutely, man. And, you know, I got to ask you, just in the whole landscape of college basketball, it's so interesting hit coming into this season, not just the SEC as a whole, but just the landscape as a whole with all these stars coming in. And you just look at, we talked earlier about Kentucky and and Duke and uh, the monster that seems to be Duke right now. Do you, what do you think about that combination of Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, uh, Cam Radish, you know, guys like that coming together and making this uh, this beast in, in ACC? Can they live up to what we're seeing right now? Uh, can you compare this to anything that you've seen in the past?
2: Yeah, I thought Jay Bills put it really well when they opened up uh, with that Duke game and he said Zion Williamson is, is like no player he's ever seen before. That doesn't mean he's the greatest player he's ever seen. But there's no comp. Like you've you've never seen anybody with that size, um, that agility. But but they're human. I mean, that they're gonna lose a game. I mean, they're they're not they're not gonna play as well as they did versus Kentucky. There's gonna be tape out there and in college you can find a way to take strengths and weaknesses and and put a good scout and report together. So, um while it was a thing of beauty, I I'm not ready to just overreact and say this is one of the greatest recruiting classes we've ever seen. I will say that I, I do think with the trend of the NBA and some of these, you know, power teams coming together, I, I think that's carried over into the college game where, you know, somebody like Zion might look at Duke and say, you know, they're already stacked enough. I'm going to go do my own thing and carry my own team. It's mm-hmm. let's join forces and try to dominate. And uh, I think you're you're seeing some of that carry over from you know the the Warriors and Lakers and other things.
1: All right, so you're, you're not you're not you're not going to say that they're beating up. The Cleveland Cavaliers, like I'm hearing some some crazy people say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hadn't watched Cleveland play enough. I know they could
2: use
0: <laughs> a win, so maybe they'd take that game if it was able to count. All right, Dane, <laughs> Dane we, we know you got to get back in there because Memphis and uh, LSU, I know you're watching those teams down there practice. Uh, but one last question. Uh, Kansas, the number two team in the nation, has Dedrick Lawson. He's a former Memphis kid uh, and and a potential All-American. What have you seen from him early on? I know he had that big game against uh, Michigan State, and, and we'll close it out with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know
2: it's uh woulda, coulda, shoulda type thing. It's tough for Memphis fans to see him playing at Kansas. But uh, and to be able to do it on that stage and, and rebound the way he has been, it, it was somebody, you know, At when I was at Kentucky's practice a week ago, um, Calipari was pointing to to Dedrick Lawson, to his team. He said, you remember when we were up there watching that game? Remember the kid from Memphis and how hard he was crashing, how hard he was playing? And so – When you're all of a sudden being used as an example of how to play the game at another team's program, now you're doing something for yourself.
0: Dane, we'd like to thank you for joining us on on, uh, the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Uh, We'll look forward to having you on later this season to talk more SEC basketball. Okay,
2: you got it, guys. Anytime.
0: Thank you. And there you heard it, uh, Dane Bradshaw, former uh, Tennessee ball and current SEC network Analyst uh, gave us his take on all things SEC basketball and also potential matchups with LSU Memphis Tennessee Memphis as among other things
1: Josh definitely what's your thoughts yeah man yeah great great stuff from Dane and um can't wait to to get into some more college basketball here